Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, for part two of my interview with Sadia Khan, the former psychology teacher turned relationship expert who is helping an entire generation of people unwind the damage of a modern, social media-driven, wealth-obsessed culture's approach to dating. Here in part two, we discuss how to navigate gender roles successfully, because trust me, you can get it wrong. We also discuss sex, power, and submission, and how to do it all in a healthy way, as well as why red pill content is never going to lead you to a healthy relationship and what exactly you should do instead. I admit I am very surprised by how controversial people find Sadia, but I'm eager to hear what you guys think. So give this bad boy a listen and let me know. And speaking of things that I want your take on, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my ad-free feed where you will get bonus content and a massive archive of shows you cannot find anywhere else. All right, everybody, strap in and take notes and join me for part two with Sadia Khan. Talk to me about gender roles. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that I think um, you speak so well in this moment is that you do have a more traditional lean, Mm -hmm. which I think makes relationships way easier. Yeah. Um, What are the roles Mm -hmm. and how strictly should people adhere to them if they want to be successful? I think it's just recognizing our evolution. The reality is women were designed, one of the reasons why women can move on quickly from heartbreak and relationships and go from one man to another is in evolutionary times, if they lost their partner to war or to predators or whatever it is, they'd have to find another one. Even if they shared him with another bunch of women, they would have to do that, otherwise they die. So we have these instincts in us that we can't always explain. Now, a woman's instinct is always to be somewhat looked after. It doesn't even have to be financial. But just knowing that a man looks after that could mean, did you get home safe? Did you um, was work okay? Did you get on your flight okay? Just checking in. Women really value that. Yeah, that checking in, whether it's financial investment or emotional investment, they need it in order to feel safe. For a man, the nurturing is really important for him. That nurture is their way of understanding you appreciate them. When you nurture them, they take it to mean you love and appreciate me. When you don't nurture them, they take it to mean that I'm an ATM here and no one cares about me. So they get drastic with their responses. So I would say that the emotional and financial investment is what women generally like to look for. And the appreciation and nurture is what men tend to look for. Okay, so a lot of women are having a seizure over that right now. Uh, (laughs) Let me ask, should a woman submit to a man's leadership? 
I think that when you meet a man who is so uh, is such a safe bet and so secure, submission is a natural consequence. Now, if you refuse to do that because you don't see like it just goes against everything the narrative you've been taught, you're depriving yourself of a really beautiful relationship. I'm not saying submit to every man, but a good man who cares about your well-being, you'd be a fool not to submit to him. You'd be a fool to argue with him. Uh, you'd be missing out on a great connection simply because you want to maintain your independence, but independence is overrated. Give, give me details on what it means to submit. Um, can a woman be a fully actualized person, completely her own woman, driven boss babe, mm -hmm. and still submit to somebody's leadership? Or does that mentality break the potential relationship. It's a little bit harder. I would say that it's a little bit harder because you get so used to your own authority when you are independent. But I would say is a delegation. You might want to have a really great career outside and be your own boss. But at home, there's certain decisions that you allow him to lead on. And you allow him to lead on because you trust his leadership. And you don't, you giving him that authority is because he's earned it through trust, love and leadership. You know, you can trust his authority. You don't need to have a say in every single thing in life sometimes you should just relax and if you are that boss babe don't you want some areas of your life where you don't have to think and somebody else can just lead it's good for you it's recharging your batteries so i would say that if you are really successful find areas where you don't have to think it might be when he plans a holiday when he chooses where to live or something like that instead of fighting that embrace that as a way of your off period you don't have to think you can relax and see it as in a positive rather than a negative Okay, so how does um, how does a modern woman who is very driven, mm -hmm. very sharp, yeah. uh, she is working, she realizes, hey, I'm really good at this decision-making thing. Mm -hmm. um, why would she come home and submit to somebody else's leadership? Why not just maintain the leadership role? Uh, because she shouldn't be with somebody unless she, if she's really astute at decision-making, she would have chosen a partner that she can delegate decisions to. If you're really good at decision-making as a woman and you're really successful and you really know your shit, you don't be with a man that doesn't. That suggests that there's an a hole in your self-esteem if you've chosen a man that you don't truly see as effective decision-maker as yourself. So uh, if you are all of those things, then your partner selection should have been also great. So great that there are parts that you can just delegate and then allow him to lead on. Now, are you saying that women are hardwired? Because we both have the North Star of mm -hmm. human flourishing. Yeah. So are you saying that women will flourish more yeah. if they get, no matter how powerful they mm -hmm. are, if they get with a man that is, they are the right person to lead yeah. in the family life? I'm not sure yeah. where you well, draw that line. Well, the thing is, uh, you, if, you, uh, if you really want to flourish, choose a man that you can who can put blindfolds on you and you trust where he's going because uh, essentially there's going to come a time either through kids or through age where you tire yourself out from being that boss babe because you're not designed for it we're not always designed for it it's beautiful it's not always designed for it or not designed I for it i think we're not fully I, I think we're not i think there's a time where we are designed for it when we're young and we have the energy or when we've got potential but at some stage in our life we get to the point where we do we 
um, retire earlier. And it's again, it's evolutionary. We're not actually designed to be so driven all the time, all day, every day. We're actually designed to be looked after and kept safe. So as much as you might have all this energy now, at least choose somebody for when you slow down and you take your foot off the pedal, he could take the steering wheel. And if you haven't chosen that, you've effectively adopted a son that you didn't choose. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's keep going down this road. So, um, I hear you saying Mm -hmm. that this is really just an energy question. Yeah. Is it an energy question or is it a hard wiring question in that a woman who, and for, for the conversation, we will assume Mm -hmm. the man is worthy. Yeah. You see him as, uh, an incredible person. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're submitting to a bozo. Mm-hmm. So you found a guy, he's a worthy leader. Yeah. So word. Um, are you saying that, no, the only time you need to submit is when you, you get tired, you know, go do your thing. And then at some point later down the road, mm-hmm. submit just because you, you get tired of doing it. Or are you saying that this is really the result of evolution and evolution has left women in a psychological position where they will actually be happier yeah. if they submit to a worthy man's leadership. Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think you would genuinely be happier and you reserve more energy and fuel if you submit to a man who's worthy of submission from early rather than, you know, one day burning out and then thinking, now I want a man to save me because I'm so exhausted and tired. And I meet girls when they turn 33 onwards, they're just so tired of doing everything themselves. And they'll say to me, I'm just tired of even carrying my grocery bags from the car into the house. I'm so tired of that. I know it's a more, but I just am so tired of it. Whereas when, if you pick somebody and you delegate and you submit as you're going along, what will happen is you have more energy throughout life. They give you that. That's what a man should be. He shouldn't be a burden. He should be somebody that you look forward to submitting to because you trust their process. You trust their vision. And if you haven't found that, then you're going to suffer. So why would it be mm-hmm. that evolution would leave women in a situation where they don't want to have to lead all the time? Mm-hmm. They actually want to outsource a lot of a lot of the decision making mm-hmm. uh, to a man. Why would that be? What is the reward? Has evolution given them a reward? Oh, or but sorry, children. children. What happens is, and that's why baby brain is a real thing. Women that will say, I've got baby brain. What they mean is once they become a mother, their brain is absorbed by becoming a mother. They literally start seeing their life through the lens of their baby. So they'll walk into a room and be able to spot the danger and say, that's dangerous. So they stop being able to think about themselves and they stop being able to think outside of the lens of a baby. So if they don't have a man that they can rely on, they not only have to look after the baby 24-7, but then they have to worry about him and, and they just get overwhelmed. Whereas Whereas when you have that secure man and you've submitted that you can submit to, when you go into baby zone, it doesn't matter. The, the ship is still sailing. He's got everything else covered. But when you don't, you then have to put your feet on both pedals and you're going to uh, be overwhelmed. So because we're designed to be mothers, we're designed to have somebody that we can submit to when we become preoccupied with the child. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So in a modern context, when women can push that off, 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 yeah. off, um, why not? Why submit if you never plan to have kids? 
Um, because you still run out of energy at some stage. At some stage in our life, we don't have this, we don't produce the same endorphins and stuff at some stage or another. And also, um, what joy is there from being completely independent? Isn't life more beautiful when you share it and depend on one another? We're designed to be. It is, but I want to stay. I want to stay close to this idea of submitting to leadership. Yeah. So, um, for a well, so let me ask a slightly different question. Mm. Then, would the optimal life strategy for a woman be to um, be boss babe mode until call it roughly thirty to thirty-five? And then, so be with a guy Mm -hmm. that does what you say during those years. Mm -hmm. And then, no, there's going to be a natural break somewhere in there. And, or maybe I just had a series of relationships. And now at 30 to 35, I'm going to settle down. I'm going to find a man that is worthy of submitting to. And, and, and I'm really submitting probably is a word I don't like. I'm translating from them. I don't like that word, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be able to outsource some of the decision-making so I can focus on my kids. I think a lot of women do do that, where they be with a man that they can control and then switch it up for a man that they want to take control from. I think the worst thing you can do is be with a man that you can control. Even before you have a baby. Even before you have a baby, because it gets you into the habit of seeing men as a nuisance rather than an addition to your life. When you have a man that you can control, what happens is you end up raising him. Yeah, he activates your maternal instinct rather than your sexual instinct. So you end up having to raise him, having to check if he's there and so on and so forth. He becomes a burden to your life and therefore you start to glorify singlehood. Whereas when you are with a man that you don't control and he actually helps control you, you see the beauty in a relationship. So I think when I meet women who are with men that they control, especially in marriages, they become disrespectful to him. They speak to him badly. They become a woman they don't like. Whereas when they're with a man that takes leadership, they actually remain respectful. They remain kind. They remain in awe of their partner for a long time. So I don't recommend ever being with a man that you can control. You become a woman that you don't like, unfortunately. (laughs) Very interesting. Okay, so if being with a man that you can control activates your mother instincts, what activates a woman's sexual instincts? Being with a man that removes her fears. And what that, what I mean by that is physical fears, like you're scared of other people, whatever, if that exists, financial fears, emotional fears. When you're with a man that removes fears and replaces it with safety and connection and, you know, mutual respect, then what happens is it activates your sexual desires. You can only, like your mom says, you can only orgasm when you trust. So when he takes away your fears, you can develop trust. You might wrangle this into fears, <laughs> but I... I believe very strongly that there's one more piece of the equation mm. if you really want to activate a woman sexually, yeah. and that is you have to make her feel beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I really agree. I, I genuinely think that a lot of women, when they deny men sex, it's really because they haven't felt beautiful in so long. So they think that if you don't find me beautiful, what is the point? Uh, women, again, I know I keep using the word narcissistic when it comes to women, but our sexual experience is narcissistic. Uh, how much we enjoy it is entirely based with how you make us feel, how beautiful and loved you make us feel. And this is one of the reasons why I know I keep going back to pornography. I encourage men never to watch pornography when they're growing up, when they 
young because what happens is they develop a dysfunction, erectile dysfunction. And when a remote woman doesn't feel attractive, she can never desire you again. If a man can't keep his erection in the first couple of times, if they haven't established safety and they haven't got their loving relationship, but first couple of times he can't keep an erection, that woman cannot sexually desire you again because you make her feel so ugly in that moment, even though it's got nothing to do with you. Even though it might have nothing to do, your the man's like inability to perform may have nothing to do with me, but there's women take it so personal, so personal, and they'll never desire him again, ever. Whereas another man who makes her feel like the most like a goddess, she will desire him again and again. So it's in your best interest to not worry about what move or what angle or whatever. Just make a stroke her ego in that moment honestly man <laughs> mic, mic drop on mm -hmm. that all right that is um that's very interesting mm -hmm. there's no universe in which you don't get hate from women mm -hmm. on some of this stuff yeah what do they say mm -hmm. and with love in your heart mm -hmm. because of course i am well, what do they say? And then with love in your heart, what do you say back to them? Um, I struggle to find the love in my heart a lot of the times, if I'm very honest. But what I would say is usually it goes straight to appearance. Um, appearance is usually the first go-to. and what, what So they don't even attack your argument. No, They're just like... it's quicker and easier to attack my appearance. What are they... Um, they'll call me ugly. They'll say that it's all makeup. They'll, and if they, if they don't want to say that, they'll say it's all surgery and all this nonsense. So they'll, they'll usually go to appearance. Then if they don't want to sound too bitter because... Going for someone's appearance is really, um, it sounds a bit too obvious. Then they might go for your qualifications and they might say, oh, but, you know, psychology is a shit degree anyway. And it's, it's not proper qualified. It's not this, it's not that. So they'll go for that. And then final and uh, kind of a piece is they'll go for my um, my chastity. So they'll say, I bet she's a slut. I bet she's an escort. So it usually goes in that order. So they either attack you physically or academically or they attack you sexually. So one of, uh, in those, usually in that order. Uh, yeah, Interesting. But, so they're not because what I was hoping yeah. they were going to give a counter argument. It's very, very rare that I find that. It's very mm. rare that I'll find a woman that will actually argue against what I'm saying. They'll folk make it completely personalized. And this is something I wasn't prepared for when you go on social media. When you go on social media as like maybe an influencer or somebody who's promoting makeup uh, and beauty and stuff, you're very prepared for your appearance to be judged because you went on it for that. I had zero idea that that would be the focus. So what happens usually when I say a message that they don't agree with, it goes straight to my appearance. It goes, it bypasses the message and goes straight to my appearance or my uh, sexuality or something along those lines and um, to kind of lower my status as a woman. Wow, that's mm -hmm. very interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to channel mm -hmm. what I think would be a more effective argument. Yeah, so, somebody that's really going to address the yeah. idea mm -hmm. instead of the, the, the ad hominem yeah. attack of just trying to make out like you're a bad person. Yeah. Okay, so um, if I were talking to my daughter, mm -hmm. I have to step outside of my own belief system for yeah. a second. So I, I'm going to say what I think. I'm going to steal yeah. man the argument yeah. and then we can get into Please. what I actually believe. Uh, so I want my, I want to make sure that my daughter can fully embrace autonomy, mm -hmm. that she learns to think for herself, yeah. that she doesn't turn to anybody, that she realizes we don't live on the savannah anymore, mm -hmm. that yes, there are going to be some evolutionary wins at your back, but you don't need to be a slave 
to your instincts. And I yeah. want you to become whoever you want to become. And you can become anybody. There are women that have become astronauts. There are women that have become rock stars. There are mm -hmm. women that become prime ministers and presidents and literally soldiers. Mm -hmm. There is nothing you can't do. Yeah. And you are as smart as a man. Uh, the intelligence distribution is such that I mean, I, I know the literal intelligence distribution is such that there are more men at the extremes. So you mm -hmm. have more brilliant men, but there are mm -hmm. more moronic men. Yeah. So you're going to be smarter than a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of men. That's true. And so like really push yourself. If you want to be a mathematician, be a mathematician. If you want to go into particle physics, go into particle physics. Mm -hmm. And you'll find somebody that you can love and you'll find mm -hmm. somebody that loves you. And if if they want to stay at home and take care of the kids, that is absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just the, the greatest joy in life is being who you really are. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that, but I just think genuinely speaking, I think worst case scenario, you want to be who you are, but ha at least pick someone that if you needed to submit to, you could. Even if you never need to, you might never need to pull on that doll and you might forever be. And he's going to pull you, honey, in. Uh, to, I'm speaking yeah, to my yeah, daughter, okay, not yeah. calling you, honey. Yeah. I want to make that very clear. Uh, my my young darling, yeah. that is, uh, he's going to, he may steal your dream. Right. And you'll end up supporting his dream. Mm -hmm. And it's better to find somebody that supports you. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, I do agree. Because the thing is, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I didn't have that. And so I definitely agree that having somebody but here's the thing, I wouldn't uh, like what I mean by having someone you could submit to, I wouldn't submit to a man that's suppressing my dreams and suppressing my potential, because he obviously doesn't know me and doesn't know my uniqueness or, or appreciate it. So I choose somebody I would personally submit to when people hear the word submit, they think of a tyrannical leader, telling you what you can and can't do what I mean by that is you choose somebody who you're so aligned to you and so somebody you're so respect and you respect each other that if you needed to bl blindfold yourself you would trust him with where to go and if you don't find that why would you submit of course not but when I say submit I don't just mean pick a man and listen to him I mean have a man that genuinely sees who you are understands what's best for you and therefore will guide you in the right direction and if you need him to take the wheel he will that's usually what I mean by that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now I'll see if I can um, articulate my point in a way. Yeah. I, so normally I would be inflammatory right now because I find <laughs> it so fun to just be blunt. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Remember that I'm married to a woman that I respect mm -hmm. an incredible amount. Yeah. But my advice to women is I believe there is enough evolutionary pressure mm -hmm. at your back. Mm -hmm. Um and enough evolutionary pressure at men's backs mm -hmm. that for a husband and wife to be a team against the world and mm -hmm. for you both to accomplish what you want to accomplish, the following dynamic will work best given that 50% of you is unchangeable. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think hypergamy, which is the female tendency to date across or up mm -hmm. is, is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. And that women are very just evolutionarily mm -hmm. you have an algorithm in your mind that will make you very comfortable with mm -hmm. a man that that is equal to you in all things or above. above you but you will not be satisfied in a relationship where the man is below you yeah and i think that 
men will be happiest because I actually don't know what I think about women. I think I, I don't yet know, and maybe as I say this out loud, I'll I'll have an opinion come to my mind. Men, mm-hmm. I think, will be at their best in the mm-hmm. relationship if they feel powerful. Right. And they're not going to feel powerful if you're better than them at a lot of traditionally yeah. masculine things. Leadership being the easiest one to mm-hmm. peg to. They actually produce more cortisol in relationships with women that earn more than them or take more dominance. So they literally experience more stress uh, biologically and biochemically, which actually decreases their testosterone. So they have less sexual desire and more stress when they're around a woman who's more successful than them. Is that weird? It is not weird at all yeah, to me. Actually, it's fascinating, but, but that rings so sense. true. Yeah. And there's a great quote, of course, said mm-hmm. by a man, um, but everything is about sex, mm-hmm. except sex, that's about power. Mm. And the fascinating thing about when you were talking about a woman will not want to be with you if in those critical early moments mm-hmm. you don't get an erection because she internalizes that yeah. as you're not attracted to me. And I remember hearing once that women don't like um, photos of a flaccid penis, mm-hmm. but that while they, of course, do not, everybody listening, they do not want you to send them dick no, pics of an erect penis. The planet. But mm-hmm. if they have to encounter a penis, they are far more interested in one that's erect. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> Um, and that's so funny, yeah. From, from a sexual vantage point, because it means you find me desirable. Right. So flip that now. Mm-hmm. And for the guy, if he's not getting an erection, he doesn't feel powerful. Right. Of this, I assure you. Mm-hmm. And something is going wrong where his he's in his own head, as he would probably say. And he's it, worried about something Is there some element of it to do with the woman? It could, but yeah. there could be a thousand. I'll, I've be. said this before on camera. I will say it yeah. again. Uh, the first time, probably not the only time, but I will admit I am blessed because I stay in shape. And my yeah. life is very attractive. There are precious few times mm-hmm. where I have a hard time yeah. maintaining an erection, but it has happened. Yeah. The first time it happened was so funny <laughs> that I, it wasn't funny at the time, yeah. but in the retelling is funny. So uh, poor at the time, living in an apartment with thin mm-hmm. walls. And the guy above us, we were having this really hot, steamy moment, like in a random part of the house and or apartment. And we were going at it, going very well. And the guy upstairs sounds like he's dying of emphysema. Okay. I mean, he is just hacking up a lung and he's just coughing and it's that wet, gross. And so I'm just slowly uh, yeah, losing. So there was no music. There was no, oh God, it was so horrible. Oh, yeah. And so- that had nothing yeah. to do with my wife. I get but it, I didn't feel powerful. I'm in my own head. He sounds like he's dying. It's just really fucking <laughs> There's gross. There's a lot going on. So yeah, I was just yeah. like, oh God. And so once you're in that zone, now it had nothing to do with her, but that is when you sort of break that spell and you're not feeling confident, you're not feeling sexy, you're not feeling powerful, then it you're yeah. in real trouble. Um, so that is... There, there can be a whole host of reasons why you end mm-hmm. up in trouble with that. So anyway, getting back to the initial thing, I think that if if for the, the man and woman to work together, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that the woman needs to submit, but the guy needs to lead. Right. And so, but I, I have a real strong belief in life. Mm-hmm. Never ask someone to slow down so you can lead. Right. Which means- the yeah. guy has actually got to be the right person to lead. Yeah, that's it. And so, and this is what I hold myself yeah. accountable into my marriage. My wife is fucking amazing. She's the best business partner I've ever had. She's unbelievable. She has an incredible business mind, which I think took us both by surprise. Aww. We were like, whoa, you're really good at this. Aww. 
And so that's been amazing. But it also made me realize, yo, I've got to step up my game yeah. because I've got to outperform. Mm -hmm. And because I want to be yeah. the right person to lead. Now, hey, everybody, public service announcement, leadership is about knowing when to follow. Yeah. And so there are times where my wife is just better at that kind of decision-making. And so I'll yeah. be like, you're better at this than I am. Right. So saying that you're the quote unquote leader mm -hmm. does not mean that you're an idiot and you don't know when to listen to the yeah, other person. Exactly. And so a good leader also knows when to follow, but that, that really does not mean that we lead equal percentage of the time. And I would say this in front of my wife, I would yeah. give her every opportunity to say that I'm, I'm not being honest. Trust me, she agrees. And so my wife, the thing she's always said is, I want to be as powerful as humanly possible. Uh -huh. And I want you to be so powerful that I can be small in your arms. Aww. And I was like, homie, you <laughs> get me. Like, that's yeah. that's the juice. Because if, if you couldn't authentically yeah. make me feel like that, and if I didn't authentically make you feel like that, mm -hmm. this wouldn't work. And so this is where I have empathy for the red pill community. All of this shit is complicated. Yeah. It is very hard. I think, you know, when you shoot above your range, when it comes to a woman, either you're choosing somebody physically out of your league or, um, you know, intellectually out of your league, you always suffer. You as a man, and I know that they, they they kind of think, no, no, it's okay to be with a woman that's 10 times more beautiful than you, or it's okay to be with a woman who's more successful, whatever, you can fix it. Unfortunately, what will happen is she will use what she has above you to start losing respect for you sometimes. So it's always, if you, like you said, if you have to slow, uh, if you have to get some people to slow down for you to lead, it's a recipe for disaster. So it's always better to just shoot within your range. Find a woman that you are naturally able to lead rather than picking whoever you want and forcing her to follow your leadership it won't work that way just pick within your range what i love about the way that you talk about this is it is hyper practical yeah and that is very much what i want for people mm. so i'm not saying it's good or bad mm -hmm. that it is this way but it is this way it is this way if you're going to choose a woman that's 20 times prettier than you are handsome unfortunately she'll feel irreplaceable and she might just start disrespecting you mm -hmm. whereas when you pick somebody on the same level as you what will happen is you both feel irreplaceable to each other because you match each other so i meet so many men that are being abused by women and they're staying there because she's so beautiful but she's abusing him because she wants to knows he's not going anywhere he also uh, does not respect himself he doesn't which respect is why he himself. tolerates that yeah and so that's why i just think shoot within your range and so this the problem with today's world is people are losing sight of what their range is whether that's financial or physical Interesting. yeah why? because of the materialistic or the kind of physical attributes of men and women are being highlighted on social media so we think How does it make them lose sight of their own range though? because they think it's accessible it's far more accessible than it is just because they see it because they see it when mm. we see something we assume it's somewhat within our range so men are seeing beautiful women all day every day and they're thinking it's more accessible and when they're not getting it they're thinking oh okay i just need to make more money but if you have to rely on something external to access that that means it's not actually for you it's not actually joined for you yeah i don't know about that do you think so i think if i had to you know get a few f surgeries to get the right guy for me uh -huh. we're not right for each other and similarly if a man had to make a, a couple of a thousands a couple of more million to access me he himself is not right for me yes <laughs> so uh do i mean yes here what you're saying is very complex yeah. in that 
if I needed to, if I really wanted you and mm. you would have nothing to do with me and yeah. I go make a couple more million and I come back and now you want me, yeah. bad news bears. Bad news. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you go make a couple million, different women will now be in your league. Yeah. That's just real. Yeah. And ladies, this is not me encouraging you to get plastic surgery. Yeah. In fact, I've talked to my wife. I, my wife used to be insecure about her nose, right. which she has talked openly about. Mm -hmm. I love that fucking nose. Aww. So um, mm -hmm. I did not want her. I would never have wanted her to get surgery. Right. It's not like she was contemplating it no. or anything. But when she was a kid, she did. And yeah. when she brought that up to me, I was like, oh, my God, I love your nose. Mm. Um, but if she had gotten a nose job when she was a kid, more guys probably would have been attracted to her. Right. So it's like. That's real. I, yeah, I get it. But I also think that you, what you're compatible with has to be in line with your actual self-esteem, not your extrinsic value. So I do think that, yes, let's say, for example, I get a bunch of surgery and stuff like that. Sadia is still Sadia. She has a level of confidence and self-esteem that is pretty much stable. Now, I might end up, let's say I get loads of surgery and I end up being with, I don't know, Chris Brown. The reality is the real me is incompatible with him. And I won't know how to navigate that kind of man. I'll feel insecure in his presence. I'll feel like every woman is my competition because the next girl with more surgery can attract him. I won't feel like I attracted him. Mm -hmm. I felt like something external attracted him, which is easily replaceable. Similarly, if you have to make a couple of, a couple of million to get hold of that Pamela Anderson kind of woman, unfortunately, what that means is you become replaceable. All it takes is somebody else with that money. The real you and the real person that you attract on, will eventually become irreplaceable if you use internal ingredients to attract a partner. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you, back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hmm 
That's very interesting. So I think the base assumption in that, mm -hmm. that I may not 100% agree with mm -hmm. is, or the reality is more complicated, mm -hmm. is that if you... I'll I'll stick to the male side because yeah. maybe uh, I get the adjusting. male side a little bit more because here's the thing. I couldn't be attracted to a man who is not successful only because the qualities it takes to be unsuccessful in this day and age, you have to be relatively lazy and you have to be because there's so many opportunities to education or to online marketing or something like that. So I don't like the traits that keep a man unsuccessful. I like the traits of a successful man. But reality is the more a woman is physically attracted to you, the more she makes access to her easy. The more physically attracted she is to you, access becomes easy. The less attractive to you, the more barriers become available. So that's why I think that when she's placing barriers there, there's a lack of physical attraction. So you are overcoming physical attraction to access her and then you run the risk of her being physically unfaithful. Mm. So that's why I don't recommend it. Yeah, that's mm. so interesting. And I've heard you say that rich men get cheated on more than what? far more. You're, uh, that's so mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, so here's to your point, mm -hmm. the reason that I think that the reality is slightly more complicated, certainly for guys, maybe for women, mm -hmm. is that when like I, I, nobody expected me to do well. Mm -hmm. My mother, when I mm -hmm. left for college, quietly assumed I was going money? to fail. No, okay. definitely not. <laughs> so we were, mm -hmm. we were on the border between middle class and lower middle class. Okay. You had point. access to education? Uh, public. Public. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you went on to college? Not stellar. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Amazing. And took out loans yeah. and all that good stuff. Okay. Um, but I didn't have discipline. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a, you, you have to have ambition, discipline, and intellect, unfortunately. Okay. I wish that wasn't part of the equation, but it is. Mm -hmm. And if you have those three things, then you've got a chance to be successful, mm -hmm. but nobody knows if you can develop drive. Yeah. And so I had ambition mm -hmm. and thankfully I had intellect that maybe hadn't fully developed yet. Right. Um, but no one was sure if I would develop drive. And I didn't develop drive until after I asked Lisa to marry me. Aww. She said yes. And then I started becoming very ashamed of myself mm -hmm. because I was laying in bed four to five hours a day while she went to work. Oh, okay. And my only job was to make her a sandwich at lunch. And half the time I was like scrambling to have it made by the time she got there and I wasn't mm -hmm. getting dressed or doing my hair. And she mm -hmm. was mortified. Mm -hmm. So anyway, finally one day I'm like, oh my God, I'm telling, I promised her dad I would make her rich one day. Mm -hmm. I told her I'm going to make her rich one day and nothing I'm doing is yeah. actually pointed in that direction. Mm -hmm. And that shame, that self-loathing was enough to get me moving. Right. Then once I developed, the discipline then i was like okay now i can fucking do anything i want it was yeah. absolutely incredible and so i became a person that was worthy of her respect mm -hmm. and worthy of my own respect quite frankly and so that really made me a different person yeah and an attractive person yeah and so it, it is a very complicated thing yeah. because so we got married young and this is something that i'm sad mm -hmm. is very uncommon now mm. but i don't know who i would be if i hadn't met her mm. and here this is another reason why i think more traditional roles are very useful mm -hmm. so when lisa and i got together mm -hmm. She was very traditional. She grew up in a traditional household. Her family was Greek. Mm -hmm. um, her dad told her, yeah, you can go study filmmaking or whatever you want because you're, you're, mm -hmm. and he didn't mean this in a derogatory way. Yeah. 
the greatest thing a woman can do with her life is become a wife and mother. Yeah. And so to honor the gods, like I, I really want, that's how he thought of it. Yeah. He did not think, oh, you're less than. Yeah. To become the thing that is worth a man dying for, yeah. you will go become a wife and mother. It's the most beautiful thing you could do. It's the greatest contribution mm -hmm. to the world, to your family. Like people that denigrate, my wife doesn't have kids. I don't mm -hmm. have kids. But to denigrate motherhood is fucking insane. Yeah. So anyway, with, with love and respect, joy and yeah. reverence in his heart, yeah. he was thinking you will become uh, a mother. So enjoy your time. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, study whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And that really imprinted in my wife, even though she had big dreams, mm -hmm. it imprinted in my wife that being a mother and being a wife is very honorable. Right. And so when we got married, she thought, okay, you go be successful first. And then when we're successful enough, I'll chase my dream as well. Mm -hmm. And in that though, she had to work through me. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a direct interface to the world with ambition and right. drive, but she had a husband mm -hmm. and she could incentivize her husband mm -hmm. in her very powerful feminine ways. Mm -hmm. And the greatest explanation of this I've ever heard was in my big fat Greek wedding <laughs> when the woman said, your, or your father may be the head, mm -hmm. but I'm the neck. Mm -hmm. And I point him at whatever yeah. I want to point him. Yeah, That was my marriage. Yeah, And so my wife pointed me at becoming the man that I've become mm -hmm. and rewarded the things she liked and I know this is probably the dumb word to use, but punish the things that she yeah. didn't. And to earn her respect and to get that look, mm -hmm. that look that a woman gives when she thinks you're incredible. Yeah. To earn that look, which is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. I became who I became. Yeah. And it's super attractive to a woman. It's because here's amazing. the thing we are attracted to men that fulfill their potential. We're always attracted to a man that fulfills his potential. When we see a man filled with potential and he's not using it, we naturally become less attractive. And it's one of the reasons why I find, you know, the younger generation where they make a lot of money on crypto and they make a lot of money quick, um, it's super unattractive to women. It only attracts very vacuous women because the reality is the skills that you need and all the failures and the rejection and the setback, um, essentially you need them to build character. When you get rich fast, you still you'll find these men bored in the gym at like 4 p.m. on a on a Wednesday uh, because they don't really have a structured life or anything like that. And they feel unfulfilled as well. I'm, I'm, I would love to see long-term studies on men that made money quickly on crypto and in the future in terms of their mental health. I don't know how conducive it is to them because for men, they need to be somewhat, and even for women, there needs to be some discomfort in order to stimulate um, your potential. And these kind of quick fixes don't do it. So I I do recognize that women are attracted to money, but good women are not attracted to money. They're attracted to the process mm. of a disciplined, uh, self-controlled man. But vacuous women are attracted to the outcome, not the process. And they just want to see you. They don't care if you're a drug dealer. They don't care if you're a crypto guy. They just want to see the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful how you make your money. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why mm -hmm. do wealthy men get cheated on more? Um, their selection in partners tend to be awful. 
Now, unfortunately, you got very lucky. You picked a partner before you made money, but unfortunately, I what assure the, you, I did not get lucky. Oh, you didn't? No, no, no. Yeah, I, you selected. I went in with my eyes amazing. wide open. That's the way to do it. What happens with rich men is they tend to. Uh, here, here, the reality is, being super, super successful um, it tends to require some level of social autism. And what I mean by that is, it requires a man who's happy to sacrifice social connections to just work, just get work done. So he tends to be a man with a small circle, small like interaction, limited social skills. Let's just get on with work. Now that kind of guy, unfortunately, what happens is he goes through most of life not really meeting many women, not really being around them. And then making money, you just access loads of really attractive women that you didn't think you could ever access before. So what happens is they lose their eyesight when, uh, when it comes to her character and they focus entirely on her appearance. So they end up attracting women who just like his lifestyle, who don't care if there's a lot of emotional connection, won't mind that you're working 25 hours a day, eight days a week, um, because she's got access to your credit card. And that type of woman is completely different to the woman that begs you for a few days off so she can spend more time with you. So what happens is men that have simple jobs, simple careers, attract women who like quality time. Men that have very busy careers that take over their world, they attract women who just like the perks of being with you. And those women are so emotionally disconnected to you that cheating doesn't feel like anything to those women. Whereas the women that build with you and are emotionally connected to you crave quality time. They don't want that CEO lifestyle. So they filter themselves out. So you end up with a pool of women that are more likely to cheat. It's really interesting. Yeah. Th this is why people really have got to ask themselves the question, what is going to need to be true for mm -hmm. this relationship to be worth the sacrifices? Yeah. And if your answer is sex, Mm -hmm. you're in real trouble. And you have to ask yourself if your or motivation, money. if your motivation for becoming rich is getting more women, you have to think about the quality of women. If you couldn't access her without money, then chances are any man with money can access her. And if you, Oof. yeah, so if, I, if you can access her without money, she's your level. But if it takes money to access her, you are replaceable by a, like, the next man who's an ATM. So don't do it. <laughs> Unfortunately. We have to be realistic with our expectations. If you're a four out of 10 guy that happens to be a millionaire, the reality is a 10 out of 10 girl is still not going to be physically attracted to you. She's still going to just be attracted to your lifestyle. So she's more likely to still get her physical needs met elsewhere. And the amount of women I see cheating on their rich husbands is unbelievable. The weird thing about this for me, and it may just yeah. be that you're right. And there's a self-selection bias for yeah. the female version of sociopathy, quite yeah. frankly, because typically men cheat because they want a novel sexual experience mm. and women cheat because they want an emotional experience yeah. that they're not getting from their spouse. Yeah. Um, but this is a totally different thing. Yeah, it sounds like. but I also yeah because usually the emotional connection is limited when a man is so busy. Mm. Um, but I would I say rich men have it the same way. Beautiful women are more likely to be cheated on, and people are always confused by that because they'll say to a beautiful girl that gets cheated on, like he, you're so beautiful. How did he cheat on you? And I always say you're the most likely to get cheated on if you're a beautiful woman. And the reason being is. In order to, you've got to remember men are terrified of women and terrified of rejection. It's not a nice feeling. That man that is able to go to the 10 out of 10 in the club or the 10 and 10 out of the street and try and approach her and try and be with her is a man who 
wants women and wants beautiful women so much that he's he's able to forego his risk of rejection. He really likes beauty. So that man is always going to be attracted to beautiful women. Beautiful women are a big value to him. He likes that. That's an important outcome for him in his life. So when you're with a woman who's super beautiful, chances are you've been with other beautiful women or beauty means a lot to you. You're willing to risk rejection for it. So unfortunately, what happens to women is that shy, quiet, good, reserved man if she's really beautiful he won't approach her he doesn't act he doesn't care to go through the potential rejection to get to her but the guy that has plenty of women who really value sex really wants sexual intimacy really likes beauty is the only pool of men that come to her and that man is more likely to be unfaithful sexually so beautiful women and rich men they're the most likely to be cheated on that's really fascinating. Yeah. I don't think that's what people expect. So yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not necessarily the case all the time. But the reality is, if I see a man and he's chosen a, a very, very like simple, not so pretty girl, doesn't look after herself, that man has a libido that's different to a man that has a playboy bunny wife. His libido is different. He's a type of guy that's okay with average and isn't super, super distracted by beauty and just is sex doesn't isn't the foreplay of, of uh, forefront of his mind. Whereas a guy that's got the Swedish supermodel, sex means something to him. Beautiful girls mean something to him. Accessing beauty is important. He's more likely to stray. Mm. So the the whole red pill movement mm -hmm. with um guys today feeling like they're pulling back the curtain on how the world really works mm -hmm. and they're understanding these games with women. Um, what do you tell them? Uh, it's nonsense and put it all away. And it's literally a disease that you've inserted into your brain. Genuinely. Yeah. And how do you put it away? Um, I, I've heard you say delete your dating apps. Delete. Because here's the thing with red pill. You've got to understand that men that are successful with women don't actually watch red pill content. This doesn't really appeal to the men that have good success with women who select women wisely, who have good, healthy relationships. They don't actually watch the red pill content that much. It's the men that suffer with women are the ones either they've been hurt or they suffer in general. They're bad at selection. They're the ones that listen to it. So what happens is it the red pill content exaggerates their existing fears. They usually have an underlying fear or bad or poor selection, and the red pill content will tell them exactly what to fear, how to fear, it, and their strategies to avoid it. But it's not actually teaching them the skills and tools that they need to create a good healthy relationship it's just how to protect yourself against the evil that is women and so it's really dangerous to them it actually doesn't help them overcome their um their uh, shortcomings it just exaggerates them and validates them and then makes them more fearful of women and more weak more weak what more, they, red pill content creates weak men Say more. Uh, because what it does is it teaches them how to select terrible women. It teaches them have lots of money and you'll get lots of girls. Have a young girl that's half your age. That's what you want. These women are just there for lifestyle. Of course, they're going to cheat on you. It Treat them mean, keep them keen. Basically attract a broken woman. Have a woman with no standards, who loves lifestyle, is a bimbo, doesn't intellectually challenge you. That's the woman you should be with. What is this nonsense? How are you going to create a marriage out of that? That's what they teach them. So what if you could be the empress of <laughs> the red pill for yeah. a year, mm -hmm. what would we be? What are some of the lectures that we would give to try to get them back on track? Like they've got a base assumption that the woman is the enemy. Yeah. Uh, that money is going to solve your problems. Uh -huh. 
If you've ever come across a woman that's your enemy, it's because you've had low self-esteem and poor boundaries. It's never the woman. Yeah, never, ever. There are thieves everywhere, but my house has never been broken into because there's a lock on the door. There's drug dealers everywhere. I've never taken one because I'm not interested in that. Now, if you are constantly getting played by women, you are constantly getting used by them, they're cheating on you, it's because you saw red flags and ignored them and went forward because your low self-esteem was driving your selection process rather than your actual boundaries. So it's entirely and utterly your fault. There are terrible women everywhere in the world. But if you are a man who's secure enough and willing to walk away when you see red flags or when you see your boundaries being crossed enough times, you will never experience the wrath of a terrible woman. You might come across them here and there, you might get burnt here and there, but you'll never really fall prey to it. But I see men whose wives have, you know, stolen access to, to the children, don't allow them any access, taken all their money, cheated on them. But I always say to them, even when it gets to that point, she didn't become this woman yesterday. She had all of the red flags from day one. And they'll say, yeah, it's true. She used to deprive her other ex of um, seeing the children. Or yeah, she did used to date a billionaire and took half of his money. All of the red flags were pre-existing. They don't come overnight. You choose to ignore them. Oh, she was talking to her ex when we first got together. Or she had a boyfriend when we first met, but I managed to steal her. She showed you who she was. You chose to ignore it. You can't accept that you chose badly and you as a man failed yourself. And now you want to believe that they're the enemy when really the enemy is your own low self-esteem. So how do they raise it? Um, problem solving. This is what a man needs to do. If you want to raise your self-esteem, it's very simple. You take all the problems you have in your life, whether it's financial, whether it's with women, whether it's with connection, and instead of seeking highs, like if I'm missing out on women, I could easily hire an escort and get the feeling of a woman. Or I can work on the skills I need to access good women. I problem solve avoid while avoiding highs. If I'm overweight, I could easily just, you know, take a few pills and lose a few weight or get some surgery. Or I can learn the skills on how to have a healthy diet and why I use food as a coping mechanism and get rid of that. I have to take all the problems, find a solution to them, problem solve, and I'll start to respect myself far more. And once I start to realize I have the ability to solve problems, I start to trust my own judgment a lot more and know that if something goes wrong, it's okay, I'll fix it. So if she, if she walks away and if she doesn't like my boundaries, no worries, I'll find another one, I'll be able to do it. But it's a lack of ability to problem solve makes men feel overwhelmed and then they seek highs rather than solving problems. Mm. Why delete dating apps? Um, I is you know I said that, but in the reality, I do understand it's very hard to be single. It's really hard to be single. I know it's super super hard to be single and find people and meet people in an organic way. But unfortunately, what dating apps does is it polarizes you, where either you're have an abundance and illusion of options and you think everybody's replaceable and you just have very kind of uh, minimal investment relationships and you replace people or you just get non-stop rejection and you start to really suffer in the form of low self-esteem and think fuck the dating apps I'm just going to go pay for an escort either way it distorts your self-image in some way, shape or form. You either start thinking you're king of the castle because you can get so many girls or, but really most of the girls on there are also a bit, you know, lonely and desperate and maybe on the rebound. Or you start thinking you're the ugliest man on the planet and you need to rely on, um, you know, escorts or something like that. Either way, it damages the self-esteem. There are lots of success stories and I don't completely forbid it, but I do think there's dangers in dating apps. 
So how do people today meet I other wish people? I knew. I wish I knew. This How'd is you one meet thing your significant other? I met through work. Yeah, work related and stuff. So mine was all investment related. So I, I had that luxury. But I really wish I knew because a lot of people come to me with this question. What is a good way to meet people in LA? I don't know what it would be like in LA. Is it bars and clubs or? I mean, I wouldn't rule those out, but yeah. um, that isn't where I would start people. So I would figure out because what you were saying at the beginning is so right. You want to match somebody's values. Yeah. The reason that arranged marriages, as much as I'm opposed to it, um, has some logic is the somebody who's been in a marriage, raised kids, cares deeply about their kids. They're going to be like, okay, what are the real things that mm -hmm. allow somebody to be long-term successful in a marriage? And it's going to be values. Yeah. It's going to be, okay, they share enough values that they're going to be able to get along. Yeah. They're probably looking for people that are good at problem solving. Mm -hmm. Novel problem solving is is arguably mm -hmm. the greatest skill anybody well, can develop. They've got a job and you know, and all of these right. educated. They will yeah. have passed certain yeah, hurdles and all yeah. that stuff. It's It sounds like really boring stuff, but yeah. this this is why I like your advice. It It is grounded in reality. Mm -hmm. It's actually practical. Okay. So um, if we know that's really what people need to be doing in order to find mm -hmm. somebody, I would say, what are your values? Mm -hmm. What are the things you like? And then go put yourself in those physical circumstances yeah. where you're going to be around those people. Like a gym or like a, Could you be know, a gym then... if that's your shtick. Yeah. But women, I would say, are very weird mm -hmm. about being approached at the gym. <laughs> There's, and and look, I'm, I don't go to a public women. gym. If you're attractive enough, all the rules go down the drain. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, unfortunately. So here, then what I will say is if you're a guy that's going to, uh, be impressive in the gym, go there. Because you want to be someone you're, you're going to be. be impressive. Yeah. In fact, I've never said that out loud, but that's true. Yeah. Here, here is, this is exactly how I got my wife. Mm -hmm. I was her teacher. Right. Now it was a school for adults. Yeah. Be very clear. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I'm only three years I was, old. I was her, a teacher so. before as well. Yeah. It's probably oh why God. Put, in fact, yeah. one of the things I want to talk to you about, yeah. make a note on that. It's, uh, a, it's a good transition, isn't it? Going from teaching to podcasting and stuff like that. Well, it's yeah. interesting. For me, there was... Uh, like 15 years, yeah. maybe almost 20. But that skill set between... is useful. Yeah, I get, mm -hmm. I get why you say that. I've mm -hmm. never thought about that before, mm -hmm. but I get why you say that. Mm -hmm. um, when... So yeah, you were saying you met your wife? Yeah, yeah so yeah. she saw me in a shared interest. So mm -hmm. she came to learn film. Mm -hmm. I was teaching film. So yeah. we both shared a deep passion. Mm -hmm. And then she saw me at my best. Yeah. She saw me doing something mm -hmm. where she was like, oh. yeah." And then look, here's something people hate. But uh, power dynamics is is a whole thing. It's and look, real. I get it. My wife and I are a Me Too story on a, yeah. on a different timeline. Uh, the good yeah. news is she's the only student I ever hit on. Literally once. <laughs> and that are was you it. only like three or four years apart? Yeah. Three yeah, yeah. and three a half years, years yeah, apart. It's not yeah. real. Yeah. So um, that mm -hmm. you want to find a circumstance like that where yeah. it's a thing like I really enjoy this thing mm -hmm. and it gives me a chance to shine because you need a way mm -hmm. for them to see what you're good at. And what if you're not an impressive person? You have to become impressive or you have to date down. Yes. Uh, or you have to date down. Thems are your options. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. my whole thing is, and I know that the black pill community really hates the idea of, of maxing. What's maxing? Where you go, okay, I'm going to max my looks. I'm going to max my body. I'm going to max my whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but what, that what is the only think? thing that fucking makes sense. And what do they think you should they do? They just want you. And look, my dearest black pill people, mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. Because you can't imagine how much it wounds my soul mm -hmm. that I will never be as smart 
as Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> that that really bothers me. Really? Oh, yes. That causes me no small amount of but pain and suffering. The fact that you're smarter than like probably 5 billion people. Literally doesn't help. Really? It doesn't help not even a little <laughs> bit. The only thing that comes to my rescue yeah. is understanding the only thing that's torture is constantly lamenting that I'm not going to be as smart as him. Okay. So that's a waste of time. Yeah. If there's something I can do about it, go do something about yeah. it. And if there's not something I can do about it, stop fucking worrying about it. Yeah. It the whole game mm -hmm. is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. So if you focus on the look, if I were horribly burned mm -hmm. and my IQ were lower, my life would be worse. Mm -hmm. There's there's no way there's around no two that. ways, unfortunately. And so I I get it. Mm -hmm. But if that were my lot investing in how shitty it is, mm -hmm. is fucking stupid. Makes no so sense. as somebody who my heart, the, the, the way I'm expressing myself right now is because I love people and I want to see people be happy and I want to see them flourish. And so I'm telling you it's fucking stupid because it won't help you be happy. It won't help you find fulfillment. So you've got to take on the Jocko Willink attitude yeah. of I'm horribly burned good. Yeah. Now, what am I going to do with my life? Because I can't undo it. Mm -hmm. So either go become a scientist that fucking mm -hmm. figures out how to deal with horrible burns mm -hmm. or go be an author and, uh, or develop ready player one mm -hmm. and create a world where your own physicality matters far less, whatever. Mm -hmm. But sitting at home, lamenting it is the only thing that doesn't make sense. It's yeah. the, so in my life, I have a rule. I mm -hmm. only do and believe that which moves me towards my goals. Since my number one goal is to feel good about myself when I'm by myself, I can't sit here and spend cycles mm -hmm. worrying about the fact that I'm not smarter than I am. Yeah. It is what it is. So I'm going to maximize the intelligence that I have. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to figure out, okay, if we can all get a hundred times better, literally everybody, yeah. the guy with a 98 IQ can still yeah. get a hundred times better because that's what the human brain does yeah. is it grows and adapts. But you have to apply yourself. So what would you say to men that are like not taking care of their weight or just not investing in themselves? Do they just have to, should they just accept that they have to date down? Because what I find with my clients that have not taken care of their appearance, that have not kind of reached their potential, what they end up doing is maybe marrying somebody that's in Thailand or living in the Philippines who needs a visa, who needs somebody to kind of save her and her family. And that's where they feel impressive. So instead of max like out their potential they just go find somebody more dire that they can look impressive in front of do you think that's a strategy they can use if it works but it feels like a very fragile strategy it usually doesn't work but that's what they think would work do you think yeah. in the meantime that gives them a false sense of self-esteem if it gives them uh I, I don't know that it gives them a false sense of self-esteem you're actually able to help somebody yeah. and that is amazing the problem is once you've helped them mm -hmm. then they're going to be like rad thanks mm -hmm. bye but yeah here's the problem they think it will be in exchange for emotional intimacy and you can't actually buy emotional intimacy right. you can do everything else but you cannot buy emotional intimacy from a woman so though it makes them feel like a superhero they're expecting her to be genuinely in love with him mm. and genuinely appreciate him when really he's her he's her he's her like kind of Obamacare plan so unfortunately it doesn't work that way and they suffer in the form of lower self-esteem on the other end but it's something in the 
moment they can't help because it helps. And then, that's why I see a lot of these passport bros. Have you heard of that concept? Uh, it's men uh, who give up on women in America. So uh, they take their yeah, passport yeah. and they'll go find a 90-day fiancé elsewhere. Well, yeah. so that phenomenon, I think, breaks into different categories. Yeah. So what you're describing, I hadn't heard about. I didn't know oh. that's a thing. I would definitely, uh, while I think when you help somebody that is real, if you're expecting that to lead to sex mm -hmm. and a real relationship, it's not going to. Yeah. Um, yes, I think you need to date within your sexual market values. Mm -hmm. so you need to be honest with yourself. Yeah. One thing I've always prided myself on, I don't lie to myself. No, and so um, that that has rewarded me mm -hmm. richly, mm -hmm. largely like as I got rich, I did not even think about trying to find another woman. Yeah. I was like, dude, sharing a life with somebody is the bomb. And mm. if somebody is with me for my money yeah. and they're super hot, they're going to be like, I mean, you've been yeah. talking about this. They're, they're going to be with me, not because they're yeah. attracted to me, but so because they want So what drives you if you don't, it, you know, it's, you're in a monogamous relationship, you're, praise be to God. I mean, I don't know if your viewers have ever seen your home, but it's unbelievable. Um, and so what drives you? I was asking Lisa this as well. What drives you? You guys are literally in, doing so incredible, but you haven't slowed down. When, what, what is it that keeps Meaning you Meaning and purpose is the yeah. only thing that matters. Oh, amazing. Meaning and It purpose. gives you a legacy or something? Nope, or I don't think about legacy because yeah. I'm not having kids. And once I mm -hmm. die, that's it. I, I will be completely unaware of anything. Yeah. I cannot, as I think as Marcus Aurelius mm -hmm. said, you can't enjoy your posthumous fame. Uh -huh. So even if I'm able to do something that lasts me on me, I won't fucking know. Yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. You've so, accepted mortality. You don't uh, need to live beyond 100%. it. Yeah. So I just know that life is about a neurochemical state mm -hmm. and you're doing everything you can to be fulfilled. Right. And so I learned very early on that the only way to be fulfilled is mm -hmm. to work your ass off to gain a set of skills that allows mm -hmm. you to serve not only yourself, but other people mm -hmm. in a way that you find exciting. Right. And so that that's it. We, okay. we started Impact Theory for that reason. But uh, I could see myself at some point saying, ah, this is too much. I don't want to work this much mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and so I've already worked out like and what would, those plans would be. you would ever be. change your mind on kids or you think no? Um, at this point, I don't. So- First, let me define how I feel about kids. And mm -hmm. by the way, for listeners listening closely, there's an open loop because mm -hmm. I said that there were two things mm -hmm. uh, that that could be the passport bro thing. So yeah. I will yeah, uh, yeah. try to remember to come back to that. Would I ever change my mind on kids? The thing that I actually think about kids, I really want kids. Mm -hmm. Like I really want kids. I could write you poems mm -hmm. that would make you convinced that I've had kids. Wow. Now, the reason I can do that is because I big brothered for a kid for eight yeah. and a half years. Right. And so- I know what it's like to have somebody love you and you love them back. Yeah. And uh, there was a moment where he begged me to basically be his father and, and oh. to take him on. Now, unfortunately, I did not know he was being abused. And so I was like, man, I'm so young, bro. I'm like, I'm not ready to be a dad anyway. Yeah. So I, I know that experience maybe more intimately than people give me credit yeah. for. Um, and But it's also part of why I don't want kids. So the only thing I want more than to have kids is to not have kids. Right. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is I have a real fear. Mm -hmm. The only thing, this is going to be controversial. The only thing that makes a relationship worth it to me, because it is a sacrifice and yeah. constant compromise and constantly dealing with the way that women look at the world, yeah. which sometimes drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> and I know that the way yeah. that men view yeah. the world drives yeah. Lisa crazy. I totally get it. Um, 
but it 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 is just a big ball of compromise. Yeah. The only thing that makes it worth it is to be somebody's number one. Mm-hmm. And when a woman has kids, mm-hmm. your number whatever, how many kids she has. So if she got three kids, you're number four. And do you think that might have to do with your childhood and your dad feeling miserable after a while? It must, but I don't you have- You didn't process it in that direction? Yeah, I, that's not how it felt growing up. Like when mm-hmm. my dad left, I was- Super surprised. I did admittedly over time realize, oh, that's why I was having those dreams about a loveless marriage. Mm-hmm. But from the kid's perspective, did it your was mom awesome. prioritize did your mom prioritize you guys? No. So my mom was an awesome mom. I can't stress that yeah. enough. She's here right now. Yeah. I have a great relationship mm-hmm. with both my parents. My mom was amazing, mm-hmm. exactly what I needed, exactly the reason I think I'm so capable of dealing with relationships. She's why I didn't do drugs or alcohol. Ah, like I I have no complaints yeah. about how I was raised. Um but it, when I think about the way that what my mom said to me, it always made a lot of sense, which is you kids, I'm raising you to leave us one day mm-hmm. and you should leave us one day, mm-hmm. but that means I have to prioritize your dad. Okay. So she and did. I was always like, word, right? like that made a lot of sense to me. Okay. So I, I, the only thing I'm curious about is what is it that makes you um, want to prioritize your marriage so much so that it would outrun your love for becoming a father? Because that's hypothetical. Right. And my wife is real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did the reality mm-hmm. of having kids. You don't have kids yet, right? No, no. Okay. So uh, I'll say this more for your yeah. soon-to-be husband, maybe yeah. one day husband. Yeah, inshallah. Uh, that one day his child is going to recount to him mm-hmm. a 30 second TikTok video. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna take him nine minutes to tell him about the 30 second video. <laughs> and he's gonna beg mm-hmm. your child to stop explaining it to him. And he's gonna keep going yeah. because he doesn't have a prefrontal cortex yeah. and he can't help himself. Yeah. And maybe your husband finds that cute and endearing. Yeah. I wanted to chew through Plate Do you glass think it window. might be because it wasn't your biological child? It's possible. Yeah. But it's also it, possible that that shit is just obnoxious. And there's yeah. <laughs> a reason that dads especially will continue to lean into work. Yeah. The way I would want to contribute to the family um, is I would want to work and build and provide. Yeah. I don't find myself, I'm not a good caretaker. I don't enjoy caretaking at all. If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah, well, the only reason I say it's very rare that I come across couples that I feel are such a healthy example to children. And um, and I mentioned this to Lisa as well. And it's um, even just from watching you guys online, um, I just thought, what if they if you two had children, that would be one of the luckiest children in the world. That's very kind of you. Yeah, and I'm and I, super honored. I genuinely believe you would be fantastic. And I, I think I, I would. Yeah. I think we'd smash it. Yeah, I've never I seen two people so respectful of each other, so respectful of their guests, um, create such a beautiful world. And, you know, I, I would be your child, just to like anyone would be. And I just remember watching an interview of you guys. I think you were talking about resolving conflict. And I just thought, in a world where the worst people on the planet are recreating, wouldn't it be such a beautiful world if people like this had children all the time? Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, and I so I, I actually, now you're on to where I'm conflicted. Yeah. Because I worry mm-hmm. that... We're headed for, and this is going to sound crazy to um, people that are passionate about the environment, yeah. but I worry that we're headed to population collapse mm-hmm. and that our problem is not going to be overpopulation. It mm-hmm. is going to be dramatically underpopulated. Yeah. Uh, you just have to look at the math. Yeah. The math is there. We, we are going to be underpopulated yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that really scares me. Yeah. And so now when I meet parents, mm-hmm. I thank them for their service. Yeah, yeah. Because I am very grateful. Yeah, no, I know. I genuinely, and, and this is not, to be like you know tell anybody what to do but it's just very when you see a beautiful marriage um the psychologist in you is just like oh my god imagine if that, how lucky the child would be oh my god and so that's my natural and plus with my you know uh, ethnic background i naturally kind of we think kids is everything um but no it's a very conscious decision on your end isn't it there is no nothing bearing so i was always just curious but you've explained it really well i completely understand and in my experience of working with couples that don't have kids they tend to have a very magical marriage uh, that they, because the only thing that will forego the desire to have children is if you have a connection that's worth it. Mm. So that's usually what I tend to find. Yeah, and yeah. I have to say, like, my wife is awesome, Aww. and I'm obsessed. Aww. So that <laughs> that doesn't does, help. From you know, that I, yeah, but, I completely understand. But here's the thing: I, I want people to hear me. Yeah. What we're doing is a very dangerous strategy, mm-hmm. and I actually don't advise it. Right. And there are days where the thought of being a father really pulls at me. Yeah. And there are more days where I'm glad I don't have them. Right. Mm-hmm. But we knew what, that going what, into why it. Why do you think it's a dangerous strategy? Because I think we are products of evolution. Mm-hmm. And evolution wants one thing and one thing only mm-hmm. from you. And that yeah. is that you have kids that survive long enough yeah. to have kids. Mm-hmm. And so 
fulfillment, if mm -hmm. I'm right, that that really is the name of the game, mm -hmm. the most ready-made path to fulfillment yeah. is kids. Yeah, they are. They're, they're amazing. And, you know, I understand. And usually I don't recommend them, especially when the relationship is chaotic and stuff, uh, because with the wrong person, they can be a life sentence. Sure. Yeah, and I've seen people's lives. And I've, I've spoken to so many women who say, no matter how much I love my child, I love him to bits, but when you have it with the wrong person, I promise you, you regret every single day because it's your life you feel like you're trapped mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a risk either way I, I guess it's a risk either way but we are living in a world where there definitely will be more and more people that choose not to have children as we uh, as we get older scary. it is scary and it's usually the sensible people that choose not to have children also that's the scary, scary part it's yeah. always the successful intelligent success uh, uh, like sensible people who opt out of it and it's more the reckless people who opt in so this is the kind of the really bad news yeah. is the more you educate women Mm -hmm. the fewer kids are born. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> Those and, are just facts. Uh, yeah, so I wonder what the tough. correlation is with oh, that. Oh, that's very easy. What do you think uh, that is? From an evolutionary perspective, mm -hmm. you had no other option, basically. Right. There was no birth control. Yeah. So if you wanted the protection of a man, like even just forget romance for a second, mm -hmm. if you wanted to be protected in times where that was a real fucking thing, which mm -hmm. is, the vast yeah. majority of our evolutionary history, uh, you were going to have sex. Yeah. And if you had sex, the odds of you getting yeah. pregnant were virtually 100%. Yeah. So it wasn't an option. Yeah. But women have incredible minds. Yeah. And so when they're educated, they respond the same way a guy does. This is fucking incredible. Yeah. I love this. There's so many options, so many things that fascinate me, so many things I want to try. I want to see if I'm good at this. Yeah. And so when you do that, and society gets safer mm -hmm. now instead of having six kids mm -hmm. they have one right and okay. so even if they still become a mother they don't become a mother of six or 12 mm -hmm. they become a mother of one right yeah and so now if if a couple only has one child the population will be cut in half crazy yeah so it's not like ev nobody's having kids it's that you to hold steady i think the number's like 2.3 Every couple has to have 2.3 kids because of mortality. Yeah. So it's like, you can't fuck around. Yeah. And yet- So we're literally, we're literally decreasing the population. Rapidly. So rapidly. we'll go up to something like 9.7. Do you think homosexuality has a, has a role to play? I don't think so. No? Look, I worry, oh, hey, let's open a crazy can of worms. <laughs> um, I have a feeling, this is just a hunch. It's a hypothesis. I do not have the data on this. I could be totally wrong and mm -hmm. no worries if I am. Um, but something is going on that's disrupting our endocrine system. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that it's microplastics and other environmental toxins. Mm -hmm. And that's really causing some strange effects. The effeminization of men, yeah. the masculinization of women. Um, and but it's so visceral in America. It's like you know, maybe it's just an LA thing. Maybe, but but when um, when I'm ever I'm in America, the men are almost androgynous, mm. and it's so different to anywhere else in the world. So I don't know if it, I, I I'm not really much of a conspiracy theorist, but it just doesn't seem typical, and I don't know if it's just in big cities or whatever it is, but there does seem to be a shift, and I don't know if that's socially conditioned. I don't know if it's because we're exposing people to more choices and you know exposing them to more sexual pleasure, but it, it does seem different. There, it, okay, again, yeah. now I'm talking about an idea that I have not researched, Same. so I will merely explain how I approach the problem. Mm -hmm. 
uh, looking at it, it's almost certainly going to be multifactorial. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But I've had enough health guests on the show to know mm -hmm. our endocrine systems are being disrupted. N right. Nobody debates that. Something is going on. So can you biologically change people's sexual orientation? Ooh, that I'm not speaking to. Yeah, all, I don't know. All I'm saying is that there is something that the androgynous vibe is some percentage, could be 1%, mm -hmm. could be 99%. I have no idea. Some percentage of the equation is going to be when you disrupt the endocrine system, mm -hmm. you're going to get unexpected results right. in terms of sexuality, sexual preference, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's way too early for anybody, especially myself, yeah. to say definitively what that is. Mm -hmm. Cultural will also certainly be a component. Mm -hmm. It is utterly fascinating how much flexibility there is, especially in uh, female sexuality. Mm -hmm. From what little literature I have looked at, females do seem to have an easier time um, being bisexual than yeah. men and so there's some pretty there's a do, do, do you think that might be linked to the fact that we believe that men are more forgiving of bisexuality or more encouraging in women you mean yeah or more encouraging like i know that as a woman if you tell a man you're bisexual it's almost encouraged yes but if you tell a Very. woman that you are a bisexual man it's automatically discouraged Correct. or at least she loses attraction so do you think the flexibility comes from the forgiveness of men or the encouragement of men okay can I just completely derail? Yeah. And I'm asking the audience <laughs> as much as you. So please, everybody, understand <laughs> that I've asked evolutionary biologists this question and nobody knows. So yeah. I am speculating. speculating. But I'm speculating having read a lot of books <laughs> on the topic. Uh, okay, so here it goes. The question I want everyone to ask themselves. Yeah. Ask yourself this. <laughs> why on God's green earth is the clitoris on the outside? Okay. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. For you, if, if I'm right and all evolution cares about is that you have a child yeah. that lives long enough to have a child, then women should want nice, deep penetration. Right. Because the reason why a man thrusts deeply at orgasm is so that the ejaculate is as close to the cervix as humanly possible. Yeah. So the sperm has to travel the least amount of distance. But you put the pleasure button for a woman on the outside. What the fuck? Like yeah. that is the weirdest thing I can possibly think of. Okay. So then you have to, why would this be? Okay, look at the animal kingdom. Again, I know I'm speculating. I know I'm way out <laughs> yeah. over my skis here, mm -hmm. but this is so interesting to me. Yeah. Okay, if you look at bonobos, who are mm -hmm. one of our closest relatives, mm -hmm. they will use female to female genital contact as a way of mending relationships, right. of bonding women to women. Now, if women are literally biologically gifted mm -hmm. in all the ways you would need to be gifted in order to care for an infant from being able to feed them from their body. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. 15% uh, of women have a fourth photoreceptor, mm -hmm. which means they actually see colors men can't see. Mm -hmm. One hypothesis is that allows them to see changes in the skin tone of their child, to yeah. see if they're sick, distressed, whatever. Okay. Uh, the, their ability to pick up on emotions, nonverbal cues, mm -hmm. they just outscore men left, right, and center. So if the clitoris is on the outside as a way to allow women to bond to men broken fences in order to have additional care for the young mm -hmm. so that they'll team up and they'll look after the infants together, you can understand then why the infant would be more likely mm -hmm. to survive longer. Now, I've asked that question directly to evolutionary biologists and they're like, maybe, but there's absolutely no data to back that up. Right. 
But that to me just makes all the sense in the world. So now you get to one, from a guy's perspective, if I can convince two women to be together and allow me into the mix, now I have access to two females. Obviously much better. Mm -hmm. From a evolutionary perspective, if I can hoard resources, and so now it actually makes sense for women to come to me, and nature does not give a shit if one guy populates a thousand babies, 10,000 babies, I mean, look at Genghis Khan or. But wouldn't the women compete for the resources compared to a monogamous man? Uh, women will. A guy will only be able to monopolize as many women as they can give resources to. Right. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I'm just wondering if it, if evolutionary encouraged two women to be with one man, wouldn't they uh, and maybe almost be bisexual and just kind of make it easier? Would there still not be a source of uh, enmity regarding the resources? Well, so yes, undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. And that's why if the clitoris is on the outside, (laughs) then women potentially, I'm making this up, I have no idea. Correct. Right. And so now Mm -hmm. women have a way to leverage oxytocin and vasopressin that happens when you orgasm. Mm -hmm. They have access to that Mm -hmm. without needing a penis. Okay. Now, again, I, I, I am, this is just a hypothesis, but yeah. man, I've really tried to invalidate this yeah. and it just, there's so many things yeah. that are like, huh, it could be. Could it be that sometimes um, it, the reason for the clitoris to be on the outside is because during menstrual cycles, um, they can't really get pregnant through penetration anyway. So there might as well be a way to outsource pleasure without, you know, revi- needing. It's certainly possible. Yeah. I And I have no data to I say one way or the other. I don't have any data. I'm making this up on the, I'm just curious. From Do personal you think experience, it could just be... women tend to be turned off when they're on their period, that they don't want people near them. That yeah. They would rather, eh, let's mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. So my gut instinct is they're not like encouraging mm-hmm. sexual contact of any kind any at that kind. point. Yeah. Again, guess not. Is it a in the dark? Is it? Yeah. Sure. Is it, yeah. But yeah, it's good to so kind of stimulate. I've never thought about that before, though. I think about yeah. that endlessly. <laughs> yeah. Endlessly. I that, wonder why. Like, I just still find it so curious that uh, I see. One thing I find really interesting about this whole homosexuality debate is um, women will invite other women into the relationship and they'll be bisexual or they'll kiss another woman or sleep with another woman and their man is okay with it. But when they sleep with another man, it's cheating. Mm. But if we are saying love is love and gay rights are as equal to like straight rights, wouldn't it be just as offensive if they cheated with the same sex partner? Absolutely not. Why? It it would be for a woman because a woman is going to... So again, I'm talking in generalities. None of this is universally true. This is just sort of directionally correct. Mm -hmm. But if if what women have the most things... Because I've heard you say this. Not like they're going to be thrilled Mm -hmm. that you went out and cheated. But for a woman, emotional infidelity is going to be way more problematic than From an evolutionary perspective as well. Correct. Mm -hmm. That's only what I'm talking about. yeah. Whereas for a guy, sexual infidelity is the only problem. Like if if Lisa came home and was like, I went out uh, with this guy and we've been talking and you've been working so much and we just really connected. Now, if she said she was in love, that that mm. would really grip me in a rough way. Yeah. But if she was like, and, you know, we've been flirting and um, just being really emotionally connected to each other, uh, but we haven't slept together. 
Mm-hmm. Can can we work on it? Be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. But if she was like, I slept with them, I'd be like, peace. I, but the thing is, I understand from an evolution perspective why a man would be less jealous if their woman was with another woman mm. uh, and almost encourage that kind of in a threesome environment or whatever it is. Um, but from a woke perspective, if we're saying it's all equal and, you know, homosexual relationships and heterosexual relationships are identical, wouldn't it be equally offensive? I don't think the woke perspective is great grounded in reality. Right, okay. So um, he, my quick take on the woke perspective <laughs> uh-huh. uh, is that there is ground truth, mm-hmm. but it's hard to ascertain. Yeah. And the way to figure out what is literally true mm-hmm. is to make a prediction, mm-hmm. figure out how you can test that prediction, mm-hmm. run that test, And if that thing works out, then you're close to ground truth. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of your brain as a prediction engine, Mm -hmm. anytime where you predict something and then you try it and it doesn't work, it should tell you, you were wrong about something. Mm -hmm. There's some part of your base assumption stack. Correct. And so the fact that it isn't as offensive, Mm -hmm. that most, look, if my wife is having an emotional affair with a woman and I don't know about it, I'm not going to love that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I can get yeah. over it in a way that I would have a very hard time. Like nature has ensured a level. Like I said, I'm not a jealous person. If my wife came back and said she slept with somebody else, that would really fuck with me. Yeah, That would really fuck course, with me. Yeah. And if she, oh God, let me wind myself up here for a second. <laughs> if she came back and was like, he was so strong. Yeah. And just he's, He's six six, fucking jacked, and just a schlong you need a wheelbarrow for. I'd be like, that's tough. Yeah, I would have a very hard time with that. Yeah, because that triggers all the things that evolution has told me to worry about. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, if yeah. if she perceived so him as more culture, powerful, just do they just suppress the evolutionary kind of? Forces? No, I think that that um, so this stuff gets complicated enough. So woke culture, I believe. This is my sort of layman's analysis. Uh, I think the more it's studied, the more people are going to find it's a combination of two things. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of um, real compassion, Mm -hmm. of really wanting nobody left behind, Mm -hmm. everybody loved, honored, and respected. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you want to be, that you can be that. And that they want to see you be be whoever you want to be. Yeah. And that they're not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they're they want to reflect back to you how much they love you and that mm-hmm. they want to embrace that. So the world breaks into right and left mm-hmm. for a pretty interesting reason, which is that a tribe needs both uh, people that stand up for personal responsibility mm-hmm. and people that stand up for compassion. Mm-hmm. If you only have compassionate people, then you will get people yeah. that abuse that system because they can free ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you only have personal responsibility, then there's yeah, no that, compassion. And, yeah. and obviously that's not going to be good either. So it's what I call pathology on both mm-hmm. sides. So you, you need the tension between yeah. the two groups. So that's one part. And then the other part is what Nietzsche called the will to power. Right. And so people want to be in control. Right. And if for no other reason than they want to control their own life, their own destiny, Mm -hmm. um, and they see Mm -hmm. that it's what's called the sneaky fucker strategy. Mm -hmm. So in the animal kingdom, there are animals that will pretend like physiologically, they look feminine Mm -hmm. so they can get past the dominant male because the dominant male doesn't recognize them as Mm -hmm. male. And How so doesn't crazy see them is as that? Competition. Correct. Crazy. And so then they sneakily like, hey, actually, I'm a guy. And then they mate. 
<laughs> and um, no way that actually exists yeah. in the yeah. yeah. Oh. So I have a feeling that's all of that sort of Rolled mixed into in. One. It, it starts with something really beautiful, and then something not so beautiful Do you rides think in the that back. The absence of God means that people scramble for uh, popular ideals and try and identify or over-identify with them as a way of virtue signaling. Well, virtue signaling is is very much a thing. Everyone is going to kneel before something. Uh, and some of woke ideology probably does become kneeling before compassion. Mm -hmm. And and that, so there's a really interesting idea that Jordan Peterson is playing with, which I find really, mm -hmm. really interesting, that all of us go through a messianic complex mm -hmm. where we need, and th this is one of my primary drivers, I need to serve the world in some way. Right. That is how I feel good about myself, mm -hmm. that I work really hard to get a set of skills that allow me to serve not only myself, but other people. Mm -hmm. And so if we all have that desire to like, I want to help the world, you're going to gravitate towards things that are easy. And yeah. one of the easy ways to feel like you've done that is to um, figure out what is virtuous, mm -hmm. point out people that aren't virtuous mm -hmm. and simply attack them. So yeah. rather than actually go do something hard to serve people, you just be the person that points at other people and says you're not virtuous enough. I found enough. a lot of feminism was that growing up in London and in the UK where I didn't see oppression towards women. If anything, I only found hostility between women rather than between men and women. And I found that the quickest and easiest way to show that you have a fight and you're involved in making the world a better place is to claim you're a feminist and uh, claim that you are out there to stop men oppressing uh, women. But in my personal experience, what I kept experiencing is women oppressing other women, particularly at work. So I found, um, yeah. Why particularly at work? Um, maybe it was my personal experience, but what I found working with women um, in, in the UK and working with British women in general is there was a level of w wanting to, put, uh, being very good friends with women until you feel like they might surpass you. And particularly in a work environment. And I found that they would encourage men more than they would encourage women in a teaching environment. So if they have a male colleague, they'll kind of encourage him towards a promotion, but they wouldn't encourage women. And I remember walking mm. into interviews and if I would see a panel of women, I would automically know I'm not getting the job. And I would I'd walk out. I'd walk out and just think there's no point. Really? Whereas if I would see a man, woman, a man, I'd be like, okay, I stand a chance. And I would go, go in with, and I always found having a female boss was torturous. I always, every job I worked in, if I had a female um, boss, I was a matter of time before I uh, felt bullied out of it. I only felt it from women. And I don't know if that's a gender thing or if that's an appearance thing or if that is just an age thing because I was younger then. I don't know what the confounding variable was, but it kept me a bit uh, suspicious of the feminist movement because I couldn't understand why the enemy was men when it felt like the enemy was within. Interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. let's start teasing this idea apart. Um, is it possible mm -hmm. that the anecdotal thing experiences that you've had mm -hmm. aren't necessarily uh they don't absolve men so we can uh, set aside that men yeah. may still be evil and problematic yeah. which we will address yeah but 
Well, in, in the research, and please feel free to Google, but I felt like I think I read a study that suggested that 80% of women felt like they had hostility from other women at work. Can uh, we, yeah, can let's we Google look that up. I'm there's super, a, I've hostility never heard at that. work. Yeah, and I don't know. It could just be a TED talk that I listened to right. and I just absorbed it because I felt like that. Um, but I felt like um, there was a lot of hostility within women rather than between the genders. And I always felt like... Male, Is it possible you think this because you're attractive? Um, potentially without realizing. I don't know what the world looks like when you are not a threat to any woman. I don't know what the world, if I'm being honest, and it sounds very, very conceited. But women see threats in women and not necessarily because she's beautiful. It might just simply because she wears a bit of makeup and wears a few heels and whatever it is. So I felt like I didn't know whether it was a personal thing or whether it's just women within women. I didn't know how to understand it. But what I did know is men were never the enemy and have never been the enemy. And even, and this is why I love Lisa so much, even when I do podcasts, um, I tend to prefer when, I, aside from Lisa, because she's so well established and so secure in herself, but generally male podcast hosts tends to be more encouraging and tends to be very proud of my progress. I don't feel the same outside of that. So I, I, it could be my personal experience. So I don't want to talk for everybody, but that's why I was so skeptical about the feminist movement. Wow, that's really interesting. All right, let's see what we have here. Research suggests that women actually play a significant role in perpetuating the gender gap due to the concept known as female hostility. Wow. I genuinely never went for a promotion when I would know that oh. there was females on the panel. I would never go for it. Whereas if it was men on the panel, I'd be like, let me try my luck. Let me wear something tight and try my luck. Okay, so <laughs> what is feminism as a movement? If from my personal perspective, I can't talk objectively. From my personal perspective, it feels like the most privileged members of female history claiming to be oppressed, which I can't see why. In throughout female history, ne historically, we've never had it easier. We've never had it so beneficial. We've never been so benefited. So to see these women, and I still believe that we are uh, uh, beneficial to men in so many ways. Like personally, I know if I got stopped by the police and somebody like my brother got stopped by the police for the same crime, I, I guarantee you I would leave with a smile and a thank you and I would leave I would, safely. So I know I'm privileged superiorly to most men in most circumstances. I know I can speak to a boss in a way that probably a man couldn't. I know I could speak to a police officer in a way that other men couldn't. I feel incredibly privileged as a woman and therefore I don't understand the movement. So I, 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 it confuses me. But, and I don't know if it's because my skin is so light. I don't know if it's because of some element of, you know. But even if it's that, then that would be racism, yeah, not. But that's uh, why I don't believe, I don't believe feminism. there is a gender issue. I still believe like my dad with an accent and brown skin would have a disadvantage against a English white woman in a job environment. I don't think he has a, a superior chances of getting a promotion just because he's a man. I think if anything, she has it. So that's why I never understood it. Okay, so now let's uh, mm -hmm. let me try to steal man mm -hmm. the argument on the other side. Mm -hmm. Women have only been in the workforce for whatever 50, mm -hmm. 60 years. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much historical legacy of sexism. I mean, mm -hmm. you guys had to literally throw yourself in front of horses and shit just yeah. to get the right to vote. Yeah. Uh, that's a real story, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I think she even died. Yeah, she did die. Crazy. Emily something. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely bananas that the sort of default stance was, of course, you can't vote. Yeah. Um, and even Winston Churchill, who I think is yeah. phenomenal, 
at first was like, yeah, of course, women should be allowed to vote, obviously. Uh, but so one thing I always say to that when people tell me that is uh, at a time where white women couldn't vote, they could still own black slaves. That's horrifying. Let's say, for example, I'm a white woman who couldn't vote. I could still own a black man as a slave. So do men have an you advantage? Also a black woman. I so could that also feels own like a black, black man. Problem, uh, yeah, not it, a male, female but problem. But then does it show me that women had it bad? If it, if it really was a gender thing, wouldn't it just be men above women? But what's really going on is that there was a class system issues. So the reality is if I'm a woman and I was claiming I was so oppressed in 1920, I could still get a black man arrested and lynched for whistling at me. Okay, so you're saying the breakdown, the problematic breakdown is not along gender lines. No. There's a problematic breakdown so along deeper. race it's lines. Way deeper than that, yeah? It's, way, it's probably more money than it, and it is anything else. And the reality of things, money is the real uh, division between people. I don't think it's gender related. There's some race to it, but I still believe that as a woman of color, if I earn a certain amount, I would have same or no more, more privilege than a white woman who earned nothing. So I would still say it's money related, but I don't think it's gender related. I really don't think it is. It makes no sense to me that a woman would complain about not being able to vote, but she would have a monopoly over men of color at the time. So it wasn't so much gender in my mind. Mm. I could be wrong. If we can remove any of the confounding variables, that mm. would certainly make it easier. So if we just talk about the things that you hear, uh, the gender pay gap, mm -hmm. that comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, women being expected to be at home, mm -hmm. women having a harder time uh, getting promoted at work. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any stats? Well, what, what would make me feel like a little bit, uh, what, what I would try and understand there is when I see women not getting paid as much, I have to remember, in, from what I see is women, once they have children, choose part-time roles more than men choose to be part-time after children. Mm. So like the, it makes promotion on a more logical stance less realistic. It's just less realistic that I'm going to pay you to do a promoted role when three days out of the week you're not there. So it doesn't seem like it's gender related. It's circumstantial. I don't think we're victims because we're women. I think our biology and our evolutionary pressures direct us in a way that make us less proficient at men in certain workforces. But it's not because we're of a gender. It's because of our biological pressures and our personal choices. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what I experienced um, from my work. I could be wrong, but I think the stats would suggest that women um, probably would uh, choose to be part-time after kids far more than men would. In yeah, that that I, th I think the data will bear that out. Yeah. But admittedly, and I, I also just don't fingertips. think why we why we're creating that division. I don't understand it. I think if we looked at it historically, everybody suffered at some stage or not yeah and and it would usually be the people who would escape suffering tend to be the ones with money not necessarily men or not necessarily just white people it would be people with money mm. and so that's why i try not to go down the gender route and the whole idea of feminism and stuff even though i get so many messages and i'm very grateful for women who are like oh you're inspiring and i'm like oh but you need to be careful because i'm not a feminist i'm gonna offend you at some point okay. but yeah so they're gonna hate me so i always try and take it with a pinch of salt because i know the moment i talk about feminism all of that strength that they love hearing me talk about when it comes to red pill mm. goes straight to anger and resentment when i talk about feminism which is why i almost feel like maybe i am gender neutral maybe i am a they them because i tend to be quite balanced and neutral 
I try to be. But is that offensive, what I'm saying? I know it might be taken as such, but I don't mean it in an offensive way. Um, I am not, I'm not at all offended. Mm -hmm. To me, these things are empirical questions that mm -hmm. have data that backs them up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so looking at that mm -hmm. um, seems self-evident. So uh, to address one part of this, which is the gender pay gap, mm -hmm. um, which Thomas Sowell has spoken very eloquently to. And he said, if you compare... Um, it's basically women that have never had kids versus everybody else. Yeah. And so women that have never had kids, if I'm not mistaken, end up outperforming. I would imagine. Uh, men. Mm -hmm. And that really it's a mother, you can think of it as a mother tax. I imagine. Now, I would think from an evolutionary perspective that women would feel pretty good with their choice mm -hmm. about, I want to go home and spend time with my kids. Yeah. Um, so that one doesn't seem super surprising to me. Yeah. And I always come at it from, from a just pure entrepreneur standpoint. Yeah. And I'm like, I could not care less mm -hmm. if the person is a woman. Right. So, but if you leave, mm -hmm. which I've never had a guy leave when he had a kid, Yeah. but I've had women. Yeah. Many women, many leave women, me too, because they have I've kids. Seen, yeah, and God bless them. Like, go do your I'm thing. I'm very happy for them. But the irony is, I'll have women. Hey, I'm, you know, I've gotten pregnant. I'm going to be taking leave. Amazing. I'm so excited for you. And they're like, but I'm definitely coming back. And mm -hmm. I'm always like, hey, everybody says that <laughs> never you're going to want to wait until you actually hold that kid in your arms and then make your and life decisions. And it's a beautiful decision to make. Thank you for your service. Yeah, I'm thank Captain. You, thank you for your service, guy. You know, it's a beautiful decision to make, but the then the agony about the gender pay gaps makes no sense. Like you, I I know so many women who, the moment they have a child, every all their career doesn't mean as much to them. So when they fight about feminism and gender pay gaps and stuff like that, it feels like an empty fight. Mm. It feels like a self-inflicted wound that they're trying to cover up. Um, but what is it fighting for? Like, maybe I've just got it wrong because I've always been anti-feminism, but maybe I've misunderstood it because I've just my personal experience. And also, I'm very biased. I have a bunch of sisters that I'm not close to. So I grew up with a negativity towards women. Mm. So maybe that's what made me less sympathetic to their causes. So maybe I'm missing something. Well, Lisa, I think, and I don't want to get her in trouble here <laughs> speaking on her behalf, but yeah. the way that she's always seen this is um, she is a strong, independent woman, Absolutely. earns her own money, does her own thing. And her take is anything that's anti-men, I am 100% opposed to, yeah. just as I'm opposed to anything that's anti-women. Um, we are partners. And if oh, yeah. like my whole thing is the whoever... The, the world is made up of men and women. Mm -hmm. Come together. Yeah. Celebrate what each other is good at. We mm -hmm. are going to, we, we have been evolutionarily shaped mm -hmm. to be different, mm -hmm. but we overlap far more than we are different. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that we each bring something to the party mm -hmm. and wanting to celebrate that to me is the only thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I do not see women in an adversarial mm -hmm. sense. Um, but at the same time, going back to the idea that the brain is a prediction engine, mm -hmm. women don't make sense to me when I think of them like a man. Mm -hmm. But when I learn about women and I learn how their minds work and what they're biased towards, then I can predict mm -hmm. their behaviors. Yeah. And women the same with men. Yeah. And so the the thing I worry about mm -hmm. is anything that makes us adversarial, which the modern feminist movement seems very yeah. anti-men, mm -hmm. uh, and then anything that says there is no difference yeah, and that uh, we're all the same and we can be whatever we want. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm like, 
reality is going to bite you in the ass. Like, yeah. This is going to get really problematic. And I have to preface that I haven't worked in a corporate industry. So I don't know what it's like in those environments where there's corporate, you know, where men do dominate and stuff. Um, but I do just think in my uh, the privilege I, privileges I have from being a woman outweigh any of the um, cons of being them. And, I, and I, that might be being a particular type of woman, but it just feels like having a feminine energy definitely works in your favor when it comes to judicial system or when it just comes to getting helping behavior and stuff. I don't really feel that um like disadvantage from being a woman in any way shape or form yeah the way that i think this breaks down in reality is men and women are different and mm -hmm. so people are going to be very confused sometimes offended um guys are going to speak in a way that women don't like yeah. women are going to speak in a way that men don't like and so there i've thought a lot about this when it comes to race mm -hmm. and it's really not about any given race it's about who's the majority mm -hmm. And certainly who's the majority in power. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about that, because I'm obsessed with Japanese culture, right? but you could make a pretty compelling argument that the Japanese are freakishly racist mm -hmm. in Japan in the yeah. sense that they don't even let outsiders like oh, the percentage of outsiders. <laughs> they don't try and hide it or anything no. like that. And they'll take pictures of you if you're a different color and stuff like that. But here's what I, and Dubai is racist. I live in Dubai and your passport determines your pay gap and, you know, and stuff like that. So it's nothing to do with your gender. You come in with a passport, uh, a British passport, you'll get paid more if you have a Pakistan than a Pakistani passport. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Pakistani. Wait, so, that's like, and I've it's got actually passport. an official thing? It's an official think yeah it's so, written down somewhere it's an official thing yeah what? so we could go for the i could be a doctor and somebody from pakistan with the pakistani passport could be a doctor and i'll be paid more because i have a british passport and they have a pakistani passport what? and i don't mean this in any offense to dubai or anything like that because i very much love the country to work in but there there is very clear divisions and it's very much like they still get paid far more than they would in pakistan but it's definitely far less than i would get as a British oh, citizen and an American citizen. Pakistani. And, and, I'm Pakistan, and I have a dual passport. So I just, you know, hand in my British passport wow. and I get paid, you know, very considerably a lot better. That is yeah, it's shocking. But here's what happens in those environments. What I don't, what I like about it is it's clear as day. You can either come or you don't. It's up to you. What I found difficult in uh, uh, in the UK is that it's almost hidden or it's almost structural. So I'd rather just know where I stand and then I can either choose to be a part of it or I can leave. Mm. Uh, but when it's not there and it's almost structural, I find that harder to navigate because I felt like um, there was a, there is a division in terms of like a, not so much ethnicity, but values. Because I don't drink and I don't go to the pub after work and I don't go out with them and, you know, how they socialize, right. I'm limited in how much I can access the, you know, the in crowd when it comes to work. So I'd rather it just be on paper. Is that wild that I... That's wild. Yeah, yeah I would rather... Oh, God, this would really you rather? Uh, I would rather it not be on paper because there's nothing you can do when it's on paper. I don't paper. like the illusions. I, I keep it real I with get me. That, but humans yeah. are like that. Yeah. So first of all, they don't like they don't think they're doing it. And that's the thing. They like, don't think I have to say that they don't mean to do it. Yeah, it's not coming just, from a malicious place. They don't realize they're doing it a lot of the time. A hundred percent. And when so, for instance, when I see an all woman company, mm -hmm. I'm excited for them. Yeah. Word. Do your thing. Yeah. But then I also think that uh, if a guy wants to, he should be able to do an all male company. Yeah. Because then it's like, I personally, yeah. here's what I, my current thesis is hire for culture, for sure. You mm -hmm. want to share values with people and then find the smartest, hardest working people you can find, male yeah. or female. Yeah. But an all male company would be easier. 
yeah. to get along because I can talk. I know how I can talk. I know how they're going to interpret things. Yeah, and you know like, what paternity leave looks like and you know that they are coming back and I completely understand that. Um, so, you know, like I said, I could be totally wrong, but because I'm somebody who's so, let's keep it real with me, just keep it real with me. I'd rather be in an environment where I know what the score is mm. than given the illusion of hope. Like you can make it, but probably you won't. No, I definitely wouldn't like that. You would really? No, yeah. I, I really, I can't have a rule that yeah, says, like, I can't do this divisive. thing. I mean, to me, that's like 1960s America where, mm. like, we're literally just like, fuck you. Yeah. You're redlined. That's what it is. It is bad, isn't that, it? Yeah, that's really, really gnarly. Mm. And I need to believe that even if one of the things I have to get good at is fitting in, mm -hmm. cool. Like, so Japan, I've thought a lot about this. At one point I considered like, do I convince Lisa to move to Japan? Like mm, I'm into Japan in that, that kind of way. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I would have to deal with societal racism. I don't... I don't want to put is that it, word it on racist, it. Is it racist or is it just the way they Because I don't know it's how what to I call describe school the, of fish. Yeah. I'm much more comfortable saying school of fish because yeah. I don't think that they have. I don't think they mean it in that way. Yeah. It's just their country is their country yeah. and they are used to seeing a sea of Japanese people yeah. and they, they don't love the idea. Whatever. I get it. I, I come from it. America where we're a melting pot and yeah. I love that. And that's a yeah. huge part of my identity is mm -hmm. I think that's dope. And I'm a big believer in you. You can only get to the truth by mm -hmm. having a lot of different perspectives. I think mm -hmm. that's really powerful. Uh, I think you want to share values and not share mm -hmm. insights. Yeah. Um, so that uh, I'll just call school of fish. Mm -hmm. What you're up against the school of fish, people tend to flock with people that look like them yeah. as a proxy for people that think like them. And there's an now, evolutionary reason for that as well. For sure. Yeah. I think, honestly, all humans really care about is do you share my values? Mm -hmm. That's the that's the thing that color, everything else is a proxy color for. Color is an indicator of that. Correct. So which it's is a why shared I understand thing. it. Yeah, it's a shared it's thing. It's a shared thing. Yeah. Now it can go super fucking wrong. Humans are weird and we have an us versus them thing and that does not... It doesn't serve us well in a modern context. No, but it makes total evolutionary sense. If Correct. somebody was a different color to you and coming into your tribe, you would know they're there to invade. They're not there to say hi to you. So it makes sense to have a level of fear or um, skepticism of people of different colors. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's coming from a negative place. Or a, That's why I understand Japanese culture. I don't feel like they mean it maliciously. They literally don't lovely. understand. They're, that. So, yeah, they're lovely. so lovely. I consider moving there. Yeah. But at the same time, I get it. White people tend to have a hard time. Uh, yeah. Outsiders. They have a real problem with foreigners. Right. Okay. What What do they think you're going to do? I have no idea. Okay. I, that I won't speak to. I don't know enough mm. about it. But I know some people that grew up in America that now live there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, bro, when they had a breakdown of who got the vaccine when, it was like foreigners were like in 97th place. <laughs> it was like yeah. every conceivable stack of Japanese person. Yeah. And then the like sickest, oldest foreigner. Okay. Then they could finally get it. But it was like, so you know, like your perfectly that. healthy 19 year old yeah. Japanese kid, 100% was getting the vaccine before you. You, you know what? I come, there's a weirdness to it. When I'm in cultures which prioritize their own culture first, I almost just sign the imaginary contract and accept that's the way of it. Whereas when you grow up in a country which expels the idea of racism and says that everybody's equal, you almost end up looking for the inequalities more. There is something to that, yeah. but I think here's where it breaks for me. If you're born in that country, it's pretty shitty to say, well, why don't you go move to a different country? Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Like, so now that's, that's rough. Mm -hmm. And as an American, 
like I dig the whole melting pot thing. Yeah. So it's like, I want this to be a rad place, but for people who share my values, yeah. I won't lie. Like I yeah. care about values. Yeah. And so that's where I can get like, I really believe in freedom of speech. Yeah. And so when people are like, you shouldn't have freedom of speech, then I get the heebie-jeebies. And then where do you draw the line between freedom of speech and freedom to offend? I think you should be allowed to offend any fucking buddy. Okay. Uh, so it's an yeah. equal. The yeah. only thing I'll say yeah. is you shouldn't be able to incite violence. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think you can offend everybody with as long as you're looking for the pursuit of truth. I think if somebody's intention is to find truth and in what that process. What if you're process, just trying to be funny? If you're trying to be, if it's a comedian or something, yeah, I find that funny. I can take a joke. Okay, so yeah. if you, do you have to be a comedian to say hurtful um, things? Usually with a comedian, the goal is to make people laugh rather than the goal is to offend. Yes, yeah. but Dave Chappelle makes a lot of people very, very, very mad. I'm a big fan of Dave Chappelle. So am I. I'm a huge fan. And what I love about his comedy is he's not he he's not far from the truth in, in the jokes that he's making. He makes jokes, but they are... But what very... if he wasn't? Because here's what I'm protecting against. Mm. I do not want anyone to be the arbiter mm -hmm. of whether they think he's going for truth. So well, I think I, what I would honestly say is that the truth is never offended by reality. And what I mean by that is if I, like, so I'm Muslim, I believe it to be true. Now, if you come up with real examples, chances are it won't knock my faith. But if I believe something that's relatively delusional, I will constantly be offended by reality. And that's what I always say is if you're offended by reality, you have to reassess your truth. Because reality shouldn't offend you. Now, when Dave Chappelle makes a few jokes, he usually takes reality and throws it in the face of people that are he thinks are um, warped of reality. And I just think, genuinely speaking, if you stand on truth, it won't be offended by reality. Reality will only confirm your truth. I see people offended by the truth all the time. Then, they, then they're holding on to a delusional belief. I agree with that. Yeah. But who gets to decide what's delusional? Uh, well, reality does. Reality testing. So <laughs> here's the thing. Like, for example, I watched Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? Mm -hmm. And um, then he would ask people, what is a woman? And they're like, oh, you have to ask a woman. I'm not a woman. That doesn't. There's no. They, don't, they find biology offensive. And if you're finding reality offensive, then your truth is delusional. But they're going to say mm -hmm. that you're delusional. They're, so I'll steal men their side of the argument. Yeah. Um, you're confusing biological sex mm -hmm. with gender. Mm -hmm. And gender is generated in the brain. Mm -hmm. And it is a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so what you're calling a woman is really somebody that is a birthing person. I forget the yeah, verbiage something. they use. Well, what so, I would, yeah. But now what do you do with that? Because well, they believe that they are correct. What I would say to that is then if you believe gender is a psychological construct, why when you are a man that wants to be a woman, do you change your biology? Yeah, I mean, I can give you an answer and I can yeah. steel man them till the end of time. Mm -hmm. But I think the real question to ask is what should happen to somebody who is obviously wrong, but they're saying something? Um, well, it's not that anything should happen to them. We should so they be, can keep saying it. They can say it, but we shouldn't be tiptoeing around their delusion. Oh, I think everybody should say what they yeah, think. We Everyone should, should say whatever the fuck they, they want, quite frankly, as long as it doesn't incite violence. It definitely shouldn't be legally sanctioned to tiptoe and offend the person who is detached from reality, which is what's starting it's to happen. I take, I take a different stance on that, which is that I don't think uh, we want people determining what is true. Mm -hmm. I think 
going back to my obsession, the key is that you don't want anybody who gets to be the arbiter of mm. what is true. Yeah. Because that's where we run into trouble. I yeah. actually think the truth is oftentimes very difficult to ascertain. You think the truth is subjective? I don't think the truth is subjective. Yeah. I think the truth is hard to identify. Mm. So think about um, Newton. Mm -hmm. So many people say he's the smartest man to ever live, mm -hmm. but he was wrong about physics. Mm -hmm. But he was so close mm -hmm. that we were able to pinpoint the movement of the stars, the heavens and the earth and all mm -hmm. that. Newtonian physics got us to the moon, mm -hmm. but we needed Einstein's physics in order to create GPS nuclear energy, atomic yeah. weapons, et cetera. So Newton was wrong, but it was still useful. Mm -hmm. Einstein mm -hmm. is wrong, yeah. even though he moves us forward, but he still, still doesn't valuable. have a, yeah, he doesn't have a unified theory. Now imagine if everybody said, hey, 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 Einstein, shut up. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You need to stop with that mm -hmm. because that's what people did when he yeah. first came up with the ideas. Everybody thought he was out of his mm -hmm. mind. And I think that is super dangerous, mm -hmm. and yet humans do it all the time. So, do you they think do the gender the debate? Do you think the gender debate we should ground it in reality or ground it in people's emotional responses to being offended? I th oh, you can't ever do. Uh, hear me when I say, yeah, somebody getting offended is completely irrelevant. Yeah, and this should all be about. I mean, depend like you're gonna have to break everything up into its subcategories. Mm -hmm. I think people should be able to live their lives however they want. Yeah. I think people should be treated with respect. Mm -hmm. And I think that um you if you're putting forward something as true, we should be able to put it through the scientific method to find mm -hmm. out if that actually is true. And everybody should champion that. Mm -hmm. Nobody should say, whoa, 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 whoa. That is a thing that's beyond reproach. You can't question that. You should be able right. to question everything. Right. Everything. <laughs> and so, like, it, it, should we put it through the the biological testing of just gender, genitals, or should we just, you know, accept their reality with that? That's going to come down to entirely why are we testing it? What are we trying to figure out? What's mm -hmm. the, the purpose or the point? Mm -hmm. What is the outcome? that what is the outcome that's bringing the question to bear mm -hmm. so I, mean, I don't live in LA so I don't know how big the debate is here um, where I'm from in Dubai it's non-existent but is it quite a big debate in America in day-to-day -day existence no? I never encounter it okay. on the internet on the internet it seems so exaggerated on the internet it seems like everybody in America uh, doesn't know what gender means anymore it comes up in mm -hmm. some very surprising moments yeah um and I have my share of worries uh, <laughs> when it comes to uh, kids. Mm -hmm. That's where I get concerned. Yeah. Um, I always get concerned anytime that the biggest beneficiary of any law is a pharmaceutical. That is probably a very reasonable thing yeah. to be skeptical of. So the only stance I will take is everyone should be able to question everything. Right. So people should be able to question the uh, pharmaceutical um, industry. No, they should be religion, able to religion, everything. All like of it. Nothing enough. should be beyond reproach. Nothing. And the scientific method should be our ultimate arbiter of mm -hmm. truth when we need to pin something down. Uh, so it's a way of uh, testing validity. Yeah, because I human flourishing mm -hmm. human flourishing that's yeah. where i come down i agree for sure <laughs>
It's a long-winded way of agreeing, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> this has been incredibly fun. Sadia, where can people follow you? At Sadia Psychology on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I also have a Patreon where you, I give more of my extended uh, information just solo and can also answer questions on that if you have any. So that, that's where to find me. I love it the most. Okay. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace.